Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hut. Oh my, another Monday, just another magic Monday. We're going to change that one around a little bit. It's, it's not manic because we're going to do great things here. We're going we're gonna to get it all done. Jen Psaki wants anybody who is not going along with the orthodoxy on COVID vaccines banned, not on one platform, on all platforms. Plus, we have... The Texas Runaways, five of them tested positive for the Delta variant over the weekend. Nicole Hannah-Jones of the 1619 Project thinks communist Cuba is great for equality and just set a new 20-year record for apprehensions at the southern border. So, you know, we've got a lot to get to today, my friends. But I am trying to do everything that I can to help people make their businesses even more efficient, even better when it comes to ease of use and customer service. And so recently I had this unbelievable experience of dealing with Podium. I mean, it's fantastic. Podium makes doing business as easy as sending a text. Over 90,000 local businesses of all sizes, small and very large, have turned to Podium. And Podium does the following. It gives you text messaging as an interface with your customer base, okay? It's so straightforward. Once you start using this, you're going to absolutely love it. Retailers are increasing revenue by allowing customers to shop via text message. Home service providers are responding faster and winning more jobs at their competition. Local service professionals keep clients longer and collect payments faster, you know, there was a dentist in New York City who had a million dollars in overdue collections. He sent everyone a text payment requesting it and collected $700,000 in two weeks. That's the kind of stuff Podium can do for your business. This is the platform you need. Small business all the way up to huge business. Podium is what you should get going. Today's customers expect on-demand everything, even from local business owners. Stay ahead of the competition with Podium. They have free plans for growing businesses, plus all the power a growing business needs to scale. Get started today. This is how you do it. Go to podium.com slash buck. That's podium, P-O-D-I-M, podium.com slash buck. The authoritarian censors always think that it's an extreme circumstance that's justifying their seizing of power. There's not a period in which you'll find somebody who says, you know what, we want to control your thoughts we want to control what you can say. And it's not because of some critical issue. It's just because we want it. We want that power. No, there's always an excuse. There's always a reason. There's always a rationale. And that's why these words from Saki Bomb, Jen Saki, White House Press Secretary, I think resonated in such a disturbing fashion over the weekend. Cut one. Providing uh, for, for Facebook or other platforms to measure and publicly share the impact of misinformation on their platform uh, and the audience it's reaching. Uh, also with the public, with all of you, um, to create robust enforcement strategies that bridge their properties and provide transparency about rules. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others uh, if you are for uh, uh, providing misinformation out there. Banned from all platforms. Let's be very clear. This is the White House press secretary essentially telling everybody that for wrong think, 
for misinformation, which is not even the same thing. And I need to get into this as well. Misinformation is not the same thing as lies. It's not the same thing as factually untrue, according to Democrats, according to the left. But for the crime, the thought crime of misinformation, you should be taken off all the major social media platforms. You should be booted. How can anyone hear that and not feel a chill go up their spine? They want to kick you off all platforms at once. That means effectively the entire suppression of a person and their ideas in one fell swoop. If you do not exist in the in the modern information environment, if you're a person who is banned by Google, which means search and probably Gmail and all these other things, if you are banned by Facebook, Google, Twitter, and maybe you could throw a couple of others in there, if they decide that your thoughts are no longer able to be shared on the Internet, you are effectively muted. You no longer count online. And they're very aggressive about this now. I've just been talking to my team, my digital team and producer Mark and everybody else about how we've got to be cautious. Now, everything we say has to be everything we write has to be ironclad, absolutely ironclad, because if they can, what they're really going to do now is instead of pushing us in certain directions with slapdowns, they want to crush people entirely on the Internet. They're not just looking to chill free speech. They're looking to put it at the bottom of a glacier in Antarctica. They want it to be gone. And that's something that you have to see coming here and be very concerned about. Misinformation, according to an NPR piece over the weekend that was looking at some conservative media, uh, misinformation is now, according to the liberal media, the leftist media, putting things out there that are true, but absent the full context of what the other side would say. So the, the new definition of misinformation as being advanced by NPR, bunch of commies, is that if I tell you I think that the following, I, I think that an open border is a bad idea. If I write about how an open border is so bad for the country, and I don't then also add all the context of, well, there are other people who like an open border. There are other people who want this to be the future of America. That is in itself a form of misinformation. That alone is a form of disinfo. So how do we handle this? What do we do when this is the direction the country is going in? Um, and this is what the most powerful forces in the country are saying. And, you know, you have to remember like the like the Vichy government of France, right? The, the collaborators in the destruction of free speech here are some of the most well-known media outlets out there. Here, for example, is uh, little little Jim uh, Acosta. Here he is, play three. 
Well, the most watched television show on Fox News right now is uh, outright uh, hostile to the vaccine and this environment. Do you think we could have eradicated polio or defeated the measles uh, if you had uh, Fox News night after night uh, warning people about uh, these uh, vaccine uh, issues that are just, uh, you know, bunk? Well, that is a very good point, Jim. If you look at the extraordinary historic success in eradicating smallpox and eliminating polio from most of the world, and we're on the brink of eradicating polio, if we had had the pushback for vaccines the way we're seeing on certain media, uh, I don't think it would have been possible at all to not only eradicate smallpox, we probably would still have smallpox and we probably would still have polio in this country if we had the kind of false information that's being spread now. It's because of the false information that Fox News is spreading that we're having the Delta surge in this country. Really, why are they having huge case uh, increases in Europe as well? Is that is that Fox News's fault? I just want to know. I want to ask the, the little idiot lab coat tyrant Fauci. Is is it Fox News's fault that Europe has a big spike in cases, too? Is it Fox News's fault that there are enormous protests happening in France, in Greece, in Germany, in the UK against vaccine mandates? We're going to we're going to blame all that on Tucker. Is, Is that really the plan? These people are fascistic. These Democrat leftists who want to shut down dissent and open discussion are fascistic in their approach to this. Shut up and do what we say or else that is their approach and they have a lot of areas where a lot of very important ones where they simply do not have the answers they simply do not know the answers to certain questions like why are people who are vaccinated and even had covid quarantining for coming into contact with somebody who has covid as the uk prime minister boris johnson is here he is play two I've been pinged, I've been asked to self-isolate by the test, trace and isolate system after I've been in contact with somebody who has COVID, in this case, of course, the health secretary, Sajid Javid. And we did look briefly at the idea of uh, us taking part in uh, the, the pilot scheme, which allows people to test daily. But I think it's far more important that everybody sticks to the same rules. And that's why I'm going to be self-isolating until the 26th of July, Monday, the 26th of July. And I really, I know how frustrated all this, but I really do urge everybody to stick with the program and take the appropriate course of action when you're asked to do say do so by NHS test and trace. Do do what 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 we're telling you to do by NHS test and trace, yes. I, I think it's a fabulous idea. Uh he is vaccinated. Boris Johnson had COVID actually pretty badly and has been vaccinated. He came into contact with someone who has COVID and now he's He's isolating. He's going into quarantine. This is stupid. I just want to know, though, am I allowed to say it's stupid or is Facebook going to shut me down? Am I allowed to say that this doesn't make any sense or is Twitter going to decide that my right to free speech 
on a platform that is colluding with the government now. So the First Amendment is going to become more central to this discussion. Am I allowed to say that there's a problem here? There is an issue. Here is NBC's Dr. Gupta talking about what's going on right now in Los Angeles, where they've decided, oh, the mask mandate is back. It's not a suggestion. You must mask up inside. I have a friend in L.A. She just texted me over the weekend, said, I can't believe this. They're really doing this again. You walk into a store without a mask on. Excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me, sir. You are not allowed to be here without a mask all across Los Angeles County. And is that science? Is this intelligent? Play four. We're talking about disinformation, Brian, and misinformation, but there's also just confusing information that exists. And I look at L.A. County, for example, uh, that decided to do an indoor masking mandate. And with all due respect, I, I understand wanting to err on the side of caution. But when you make a move like that, that's counter to what CDC's put out there. You have to you have to have science to back it up. And what, what do they have? They have a 60 percent plus one dose vaccination rate. Test positivity, three percent or less. It's actually about two point five percent. Their hospitals are not stressed right now from covid. The reason I say this, I say this is when it comes to fall winter, we're going to have regional surges, assuredly, in places that are not vaccinated. The public needs to feel like public health officials are making moves based on the science. I just don't feel like that exists in L.A. County. So there's a lot of people out there saying, well, why are they doing that? Is it a reflex? It's not based in science. Why? It's confusing. And I think that's leading into all the hesitancy that exists. They're doing it because lockdowners and mask maniacs are suffering from an anxiety disorder brought on by watching too much CNN and MSNBC and reading the New York Times and listening to NPR podcasts and seeing all the all their friends on social media. I double mask even when I'm outside in the woods by myself with nobody for hundreds of yards because I take the virus seriously. That's why. This is an unhealthy psychological society right now. All right. We have a problem, an issue of mass psychology that no one seems to be willing to address, which is there are a lot of people who just don't get it. They don't understand what has happened for the last 18 months. The government cannot guarantee you protection from COVID-19. Full stop. They can't do it. And the things that they told you would protect you from getting infected have not worked. Lockdowns did not work. Masks did not work. We've already seen over 100 million people in America at least get infected. And now people are saying get ready for outbreaks to happen again in the wintertime. And they keep saying, oh, well, among the among the unvaccinated. Well, it's also Going that there are breakthrough cases too. the vaccine is now ne- has never been 100 percent. No vaccines, 100 percent. But it seems that there are more breakthrough cases than were anticipated. At least that's the trajectory of this of this right now. And they're telling us that they're worried about what's going to happen. Here's the U.S. Uh, Surgeon General Vivek Murphy, who, who wants you to be scared. Uh, play seven. 
I am worried about what is to come because we are seeing increasing cases among the unvaccinated in particular. And while if you are vaccinated, you are very well protected against hospitalization and death, unfortunately, that is not true if you are not vaccinated. We're seeing 99.5% of deaths right now from COVID-19 in our country are happening among the unvaccinated. And so that's why it is so important that we take every measure possible to make sure people have the information they need about the vaccine, to make sure they have access to the vaccine, and to help them get vaccinated as quickly as possible. It is our fastest, most effective way out of this pandemic. I mean, what's what's the part of this that the left is missing? There's a lot of open territory there, but but here's, here's just one thing I would put out there for, for your consideration, that right now, when we talk about this problem does anyone even anyone even point out how many people are dying from covid right now in the u.s day in and day out last month it was about 300 a day okay do you know that cancer heart disease the big killers are killing far more than that every day and at what stage do we say and this this is real public health talk right now folks this is real policy talk at what stage do we say we've done everything we can do about covid now it's, you know, the vaccines are out there. They're safe. You want them? Get them. You don't? Don't. But all the coercive mechanisms for everyone else in society, what the heck is that all about? Why should anyone be coerced? Why do we need vaccine passports or mandates? Why do we have to be just constantly harangued? There is not a single person alive who is an adult who is making his own health decisions who does not know, I'm talking in the United States at least, who does not know that there are vaccines, they are out there, you can get them. COVID has been the dominant news story in the world for 18 months now. And yet, there are cases still happening, and L.A. wants everyone to wear masks. They're mandating everyone wear masks. Why? You're scared of COVID, get the shot. Once you get the shot, I don't want to hear how you're scared anymore, right? Isn't that fair? Isn't that, a, isn't that a thing that we should all be willing to say? There's no perfect protection in this world. But, but see, that's the, the standard psychologically that we have created. People have an expectation that they can be 100% safe from even COVID infection. And I'm somebody who I practice what I preach on this one. I live my life as normally as I could for... 12 months after the COVID outbreak and a a year into it, I got COVID and here I am now. And you know what? I could get COVID again. Theoretically, they say, I think it's very unlikely. I'm not, I'm not even a little bit worried about it. Whether I'm, you know, going down to the subway in New York or in a crowded restaurant or whatever, my COVID fear is zero. It doesn't mean that I can't get COVID. It doesn't mean I couldn't get COVID and get hospitalized or maybe even die. I know that's possible. But I could also cut myself shaving and get a staph infection and die. And I don't sit around worrying about that. You know, you could always read about how you go to the beach in summertime. You could get one of those flesh eating bacterias or something. And, you know, that's horrible, right? You're never going to go in the ocean again. But what you've seen here is the collision of mass media with mass hysteria. We have never as a society been in a place like this before where there was so much information overload and so much suppression of contradictory or questioning information at the same time, they never take into account how much of the public's faith has been lost 
as a result of how often they've been wrong. The COVID authorities have been wrong a lot. And yet they still think, and by, by, by the authorities, I mean you know, the cathedral, the left, the Democrats, the apparatus of power in this country. They're certain that they're only going to censor false information. Here's Saki Bomb again, play 11. The false narrative that remains active out there about COVID-19 vaccines causing infertility, something we've seen out there flowing on the Internet quite a bit in other places as well, which has been disproven time and time again. This is troubling, uh, but a persistent narrative that we and many have seen. And we want to know that the social media platforms are taking steps to address it. That is inaccurate, false information. If you are a parent, you would look at that information and that would naturally raise concerns, but it's inaccurate. Uh, and that is an example of the kind of information that we are flagging or raising. This White House does not believe in free speech, not in principle, not in practice. You need to understand that right now. Free speech includes speech that is wrong. Free speech includes speech that is controversial. If it does not include that, there is no point. Yes, you're allowed to praise the Chinese Communist Party in China all day long. You are free to say what the Chinese Communist Party wants you to. It's the stuff that they don't want you to say that you are not free to say. How different is that right now from the dynamic we have here in America? How different is that from what we are seeing day in and day out from the massive censorship of ideas, of questions even. You can't even ask certain questions. Which is better, natural immunity or vaccine immunity? Not anyone who tells you they have a definitive answer to that is lying. Based on the data, based on history, it's almost certain that natural immunity is better. It's almost certain that a body that has actually had the full-scale infection and defeated it is more equipped to defeat it than something that tries to mimic that state in the body. You know, we've had how many millions, hundreds of millions of years of evolution our bodies figuring out how to deal with these things. Remember, vaccines, the miracle of vaccines is that it creates a, a, an early response in your body that then allows it to protect itself more effectively later, but it's still reliant on your immune system. It's not like they're injecting you with some substance that just flows through your blood and, and kills any virus that ha you happen to come into contact with. It stimulates immune response. So it's still reliant on your immune system. And so if you actually have to go through the full scale, if you go through the full scale COVID war with your immune system, so to speak, your T cells, your overall immunity is likely to be, and notice I don't say definitively, but likely to be even stronger than what these mRNA vaccines have been able to do. And yet we sit here and are watching some of the most precious principles in our society be trampled on. We're sitting here watching people who think they're so, they're so smart, they're the good people, and they're hysterical. Not funny, hysterical as in in hysterics. They've lost it. There's something deeply wrong with them. I mean, if you're under the age of 60 and you're vaccinated and you're walking around with a mask on and you're worried about this, you need to get a grip. Calm 
down, right? You know this. I know this. The libs don't know this. The libs are in some they're in some other universe. I, I, I mean, I'm 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 worried about where we're heading here. I'm worried about where we go with this because. They're not learning the lessons. They're not learning the lessons. What's your message to platforms like Facebook? They're killing people. I mean, it really, look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. And and they're they're killing people. Facebook is killing people by not doing the bidding of this White House. That's what the president of the United States just said. So, So we're all very clear on this. Facebook is killing people by not doing Biden's handlers bidding. That that should put you on edge. That's the kind of language. That's the, the, the kind of demagoguery that can lead to really terrifying outcomes in a society. Do what we say or else you're murdering people. Do what we say or else you're the problem. Oh, okay. I see. That's the that's that's the real end state here. Just one more on this on CNN. Who do you think they're blaming on CNN for the current state of affairs of the of the Delta virus surge? Just take, just take a guess. Who is to blame for it? Play eight. But explain to us why you said what you did, that you don't blame your patients, you blame Fox. Listen, I've seen uh, several COVID patients now every shift for the past week, and and every single one of them has been unvaccinated. When I see other patients, you know, I offer them the vaccine. I try to talk to them about the vaccine. And so many of them are just shutting down the conversation. I had one patient tell me they're afraid of the ingredients in the vaccine. And I asked, well, which ingredients? And they said, well, I don't really know what's in it. And, you know, we're in a highly Republican area, about 40 percent vaccination rate, about 70 percent voted for the former president. And when you see what's being put out there on the airwaves with Fox and other organizations and then that is, you know, shared on Facebook and it just hits that echo chamber. It is undeniable that these messages are getting through to patients and they're avoiding something that can prevent them from getting extremely sick or potentially dying. It's Fox's fault. What is being said on Fox about vaccines? I really mean this. What is being said on Fox about vaccines that is untrue? I think it's important. I think we should address this. What is being said on Fox? Where is the what's the misinformation exactly? Notice how they never say they never actually tell you what the so-called lies or misinformation may be. And they don't even say lies necessarily, because remember, misinformation can be true information lacking the context that a leftist wants for it. I think that's something that should trouble everybody. But don't worry. Over at CNN, you have Brad Stelter, who's like, excuse me, excuse me. Um, I'm here. I have a show because I look like Jeff Zucker. And Michael Wolf, who's, you know, to say what you will about the guy, he's kind of a tabloid fabulist, if you believe the critics. Uh, but here he is on CNN, and he just went on to he won Brian Stelter's show to dunk on Brian Stelter. Play nine. 
you know, and, and that's what Trump does. He's, he has spent most of his administration seeing people on television and immediately right. calling them. But maybe that's how uh, but, it works but sometimes. I, I don't huh? want you to think. Is that how it works? That's how you get access. I, but I, yeah, but I don't. Yeah, but I don't want you to think that 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 what I said at that point was in any way inauthentic. I think the media has done a terrible job on this. I think you yourself, um, you know, while you're a nice guy, you know, you're full of sanctimony. Um, you know, you become part of one of the parts of the problem of the media. You know, you come on here and you and you have a, um, um, uh, you know, a monopoly on truth. You know, you know exactly how things are supposed to be done. Um, you know, you are why one of the reasons people can't stand the media. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're cracking me up. It's your fault. You're cracking me up. That's hilarious. What do you mean, me, Brad Stelter, this piece of mad meat that all the ladies across America want a piece of? That's what I'm talking about. Here I am in my show, reliable sources are the most unreliable of sources, but Look at all that forehead, baby. That's right. Look at that. Can you even find that hairline? No, you cannot. Just like I can't find my belly button when I look down. All right. Brian Stelter getting some rough stuff from uh, from Michael Wolf there. Cuba. Communism. It's not good. <laughs> I should do a podcast. Cuba. Communism. Not good. It's true, though. Communism in Cuba is a... Uh, an example, uh, example, an example. Sorry, I don't know why the accent just got weird there. An example for the rest of the world um, of how badly things can go. But if you were to listen to the founder of the 1619 Project, you know how I run around that I say that these these are commies. These people within the Democrat. I, I used to say libs. Now I'm increasingly I'm just saying they're commies. And that, by the way, that doesn't mean that they are part of the Communist Party. It doesn't mean they'd even admit that they're commies. I'm telling you what they want, if they could have it, is communism. They may advocate for other things openly. They wish they could have communism. Nicole Hannah-Jones falls into this category, clearly has a sympathy, a perhaps even a fondness, a love for the communist system that has immiserated hundreds of millions of people murdered tens of millions of people, perhaps murdered hundreds of millions and immiserated billions over the last hundred years or so. In 2019, when she was just on a podcast talking, this has come out, talking about Cuba in general. Here's the kind of stuff that she says. Play it. If you want to see the most equal uh, multiracial, uh, it's not a democracy, (laughs) most equal multiracial country in our hemisphere, it would be Cuba. Cuba has the least inequality between black and white people of uh, any place really in the hemisphere that's, uh, I mean, the Caribbean, most of the Caribbean, it's it's hard to count because the white population in a lot of those countries is very, very small. They're countries run by black folks, but in places that are truly um, at least biracial countries, Cuba actually has the least inequality. And that's largely due to socialism, which I'm sure no one wants to hear. No, no, we want to hear it. Tell us more. Founder of the 1619 Project, Pulitzer Prize winner, and now tenure, tenured professor at, I think it's UNC Chapel Hill. Where she was offered it there and she went to another university. I can't even remember the saga now. Oh, oh, Cuba. Let's, let's talk about the equality in Cuba. Yes, there, there is for 90 to 95% of the population relative equality 
in misery, that's real. That's a real thing. Equality in misery. You get your, you know, six eggs a week or a month or whatever it is. You get your, you know, your two liters of milk a month. You get your, uh, you know, however many pounds of pork or chicken. This is real. This is the way it works in Cuba. You go to the government store and you get your rations. So, yes, there, there is some degree of equality that exists there, but it's the equality of misery. As Churchill said, capitalism is the unequal sharing of blessings. Socialism is the equal sharing of misery. Nicole Hannah-Jones and American commies like her want more of that here. They want more of a socialist system that puts the government in charge, which is always backed by force, that ignores human nature, and that takes it upon itself to decide what everyone should get. What should you get? What are you worth? The government decides. And as you know, the government apparatus itself then, because it is not responsive to the people, it rules the people. The government apparatus is full of, is full of those who lead very different kinds of lives. People who have extreme wealth, people who are incredibly prosperous, even in a miserable place, a miserable society. <sighs> but yet she still sees the equality part of it as something that needs to be pointed out, something that needs to be shared and, and we need to hear about. Oh, yes, they're equal in Cuba. They're, they're equal because there's shortages and there's rationing and there's misery. But that's a way to do it. If you exclude the elites who are in the Communist Party, and this happens in every country, this happened in Tito's Yugoslavia, this happened in the Soviet Union, this happens everywhere. The communists, the people that are the most devoted to equality are the most unequal in reality and elevated in reality, but they want it for everybody else. They sit atop a mountain of force and inequality while preaching Radical equality. That is an essential component of being a communist. That is the defining characteristic of being a true commie at the top of the hierarchy. And yet, American leftists think that this is something to be proud of, something good, something we should all perhaps even aspire to. Come back to where we are here on the border in just a moment. Um, oh, and also those Texas runaways, uh, the Democrat runaways. You may think online privacy is a thing of the past, but I need to tell you about Secure. They keep your personal and business data away from the prying eyes of hackers and big tech. You see that China just is being blamed for a huge Microsoft hack. And then there's a spyware from, from apparently an Israeli firm uses spy on journalists. You have to take an active role now in your cybersecurity, in your comms, your communications protection. Secure is perfect for businesses and people who receive and send sensitive material via email and instant messaging. And it's just for all of you who want online privacy, a fantastic tool. Secure is spelled S-E-K-U-R. And it's a new way for you to protect your information with the ultimate privacy and cybersecurity communications tool. It's an instant messaging and email platform hosted in Switzerland protecting your data with the strictest privacy laws in the world. Secure uses proprietary encryption technology, an independent platform, and Swiss privacy laws to ensure complete privacy and security of your data. 
It assures your personal business and private conversations, messages, and data are kept completely safe and private. They don't mine your data and are not subject to the Cloud Act. Take back your freedom, privacy, and online security today. Go to secure, that's S-E-K-U-R, secure.com. Use coupon code BUCK for one week free and 25% off. That's buck at secure.com, S-E-K-U-R.com. Regain your privacy. Bunch of Democrats who flew. Remember the uh, the Democrats who flew from Texas? They're, oh, we're such heroes. We're all just like eating depressing salads in D.C. now and like away from our families. We left Texas for D.C. We're so brave. And they still think that they're heroes. And the Democrat media was all about how great they are. Well, turns out, turns out, there's a little bit of a problem here. Five of them have tested positive for COVID, which is fascinating because I remembered them sharing a photo of themselves on the aeroplane in which there were no masks in sight. So they will fly and five of them end up with COVID and that's not considered a super spreader event because, you know, they're protecting voting rights. Yeah, sure they are. But. If, if this were a group of Republicans who had done this, it would be an absolute mess. An absolute mess. In terms of the media coverage of it, I'm not saying it would be any different in reality, but the way the media would respond to this, they would say, oh, the Republicans are just spreading COVID everywhere. They're like, you know, they're like the typhoid Mary of COVID. So, yeah. That's the truth. That's what they would do. You know it and I know it. These Democrats, though, this whole thing is so silly. Here is uh, Greg Abbott, governor of Texas. I spoke to him last week on the big radio show. Here is Greg Abbott um, saying that they're going to get pummeled. Listen, Texans can see through this like looking through glass because it is nothing more than a political stunt. Uh, but we've seen this before when Democrats left the state during redistricting uh, about a decade ago. And what happened to the Democrats is they got pummeled in the next election. They will get pummeled in the upcoming election even more so because <laughs> they've walked off the job. They're not doing their duty. They're, they're leaving behind more than just this uh, voting law. They're also leaving behind things like bail reform, where uh, a state senator, Joan Huffman, has said that uh, from the time in May when they walked off the job until now, there have been five people who lost their lives to criminals who were released out on bail. What the Democrats are doing is dangerous to their fellow Texans, and as a result, they're going to be suffering at the ballot box come next November. Yeah, let's hope so. They deserve to, but as we all know, when you're talking about Democrats, you don't always they don't always get what they deserve because they cheat. But that's a whole other conversation. And then on the border, because I'm going to spend more time on this tomorrow, more than one million illegal crossings of the U.S.-Mexico border have been attempted over the first seven months of 2021. All right. Over a million. We're at over a million already. It could reach two million this year. The most recent data put out by Customs and Border Patrol, 188,000 apprehensions at the border last month. That does not include gotaways. So at least at least 200,000, probably more like 230, 240,000 people entered the United States illegally at our southern border last month. Do the Democrats care? 
No, of course not. They love this. They think it's great. This benefits them in the long run. Uh, we'll, we'll spend more time on the border this week. I can assure you of that. I just wanted you to know, though, it's bad. It's bad. Producer Mark, how was your weekend, buddy? Pretty good. How about yours? Yeah, you know, it's not bad. Pretty relaxing. Pretty relaxing. Just sort of, you know, did some reading of history books, hung out, the usual. How about you? Uh, a lot of unpacking. This was our first weekend actually home and not doing anything. So uh, we're trying to get our lives in order over here. How's the new place working out? It's working out well. You know, just kind of, a, you know how when you first move in the first month or so, uh, you know, it's like a tornado went through. You have to figure oh, yeah. out where everything goes. That's the state we're in right now. You know what I did over the weekend, Producer Mark? What? I bought an air fryer. Wow. You're living this changed. week, baby. We're going to be we're going to be sharing air fryer recipes here on the air. I mean, your life just changed. You're going to have the best fried food possible without all the disgusting grease on it. Sounds amazing. All right. Well, team, you're having the best podcast possible by listening to this one. Please pass the buck. Tell people to check out the Buck Sexton Show podcast and make sure that they know. Tell your friends, tell your family. This is different from the Clay and Buck show, which you should also subscribe to. But this is a different show. This show continues on as is. And I thank you, as always, for being with me back tomorrow. Already fired up about it. Shields high.